Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code REDBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. This time around on Holy Smokes Catholic Review, we will have our usual cigar review, I think, also a game show, and I will review the gospel for the 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time. All that and more on Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Ah, thank you for joining us. It's Father Scott along with Tony and Will. Those guys will be here in a little bit. Uh, we are recording this on Monday, the commencing of the uh, hearings for Amy Barrett, of course, nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump. So I'm praying for her uh, confirmation because she's a good Catholic lady, good family lady, uh, pro-life. All right. Very good Catholic pro-life lady. So uh, she has my prayers and my support. Um, and uh, so uh, we need prayer. All right. So we want to get her confirmed. Pray also for our nation. Uh, pray, too, for our church. Uh, you know, this is October and October 13th, of course, is the anniversary of uh, Our Lady's uh, last appearance in uh, Fatima in uh, what, 1917. And a reminder to you that Our Lady asked us to pray the rosary every day. All right. Now, even though she made this request back in 1917, she hasn't appeared since to say, all right, you know, thank you. And you can knock it off. So we want to pray the rosary every single day. All right. And uh, because you know what? We strengthen Our Lady uh, by our prayers. When we unite our prayers to hers, uh, then we can conquer the devil and the devil. All the mess that you see in this world today, everything in our country, the political divide around the world, tensions everywhere, pandemic everywhere. Okay. Ultimately, the devil, it's the devil. And he's he's busy and he's uh, working hard uh, because you've heard me say before, his time is short. So Our Lady needs our prayers. So let's pray the rosary every day. All right. Okay. So uh, we are going to have, I, I mentioned a second ago, a game show and our cigar review. All right. But uh, I want to dive into the gospel for the 28th Sunday of um, ordinary time. All right. So um, this would be uh, taken from the, and it's the longer version from Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Now, sometimes during you know Sunday Mass, we have an option. There's the long version, and then there's the short version. Well, I'm going to stick with the uh, long version, okay? So here it is, the gospel, once again, Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus, again, in reply, spoke to the chief priest and the elders of the people in parables, saying... The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. 
The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guest, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. There you have it, the gospel. Once again, uh, that is Matthew uh, 22, 1-14 for the 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time. All right. Okay, so once again, like the previous two Sundays, our Lord addresses a parable to the chief priest and the elders of the people. And uh, once again, our Lord uses the image of the wedding feast as an image of heaven. All right, now the banquet host is, of course, who would it be? It's the Lord God, the bridegroom. Who is the bridegroom? Who is the bridegroom of the church? Okay, we know it's Jesus Christ, right? And the invited guest, well, that's us. All right, the members of the church. But let me just say this. In this this parable, of course, you know, the, the invited guest, that's an image or a, a representation or the guest, okay, is symbolic of, of you and me and all of us together, the members of the church. But in reality, we are greater than the members' uh, invited guest, okay? The, the, the members of the church, we are greater... Okay, because in reality, the church is the bride of Christ. So we are the church. We are the the individual members of the body. We are the church. And the church as a whole is the bride uh, or the, yeah, that's it, the bride. All right. So you have the bridegroom, Jesus, and then the bride. So we are the bride, which is greater. But in this story, of course, again, uh, the, uh, the invited guests, well, that's okay, symbolic of us. All right. So they represent us. All right, that would be you, me, them, everyone around the world, all right? We are all invited to the feast, okay? Not just Jews, uh, but Ethiopians and Greeks and Egyptians and Celts and Anglos and Asians and Native Americans and Hispanics. Everybody's invited now, okay? All right, so uh, now, as you know, um, you know, a long, long, long time ago, God took pity on a people and that was the Jewish people, and he, he took them on. He took them under his wing. Uh, he made a covenant with them. In fact, several covenants. Um, he protected them. He rescued them. Uh, he led them in, you know, from a land of slavery into a promised land. Um, he took care of them. I mentioned cared for them. Uh, he also gave them the prophets all right, pointing to a, a Messiah, and he gave uh, the law through Moses to the people through Moses, all right, and in, he gave the fulfillment of the law, which is, again, a person, it's that Messiah that were, you know, he was promised through the prophets, okay, so uh, to them, again, uh, the promise, okay, but, um, you know, they rejected, to this day, they, the Jews, reject the person of Jesus Christ, so this is, you know, Jesus Christ, the invitation really is a person. Everything points to a person, that person, Jesus Christ. So to this day, 
they reject Jesus. One day they will accept him as their Messiah. But in the meantime, that hasn't happened yet. So, and this is what this parable really is all about. When the, the, um, you know, the, the invited guests, they, they turned down the invitation. One guy had to go to his farm to work. The other guy had some business and people did not in- accept the invitation. All right. So he said the, the king, the, the, the master sent out, you know, his servants out into the villages and the byroads to invite whomever. All right. So that's, that really uh, is, uh, it shows us that, uh, you know, this promise now, or the invitation to the banquet has been thrown open to everybody around the world. Okay. So uh, now at the end of this text, uh, this is what we read. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, what does that mean? All right. So, you know, I want to twist this a bit. Not that we're allowed to twist scripture. We can't do that, but we could, or I could say, And this, everyone is invited, but few accept. Okay, and it's true. Everybody's invited. Everybody's given the grace uh, to come to know God. Okay? Everybody's invited, but very few accept the invitation. All right? So look, it's, it's, it's like this. Jesus Christ died for all. All are invited to the great wedding feast, but few have accepted the invite. Okay? So only one third, now think about this, only one third of this planet is baptized. Of that one third who are baptized, only 20%, if that, only 20% are true followers of the person of Jesus Christ. Only 20% of the one third that are baptized, okay, actually practice their faith. And and you know what, people, well, you know, there might be the guy who goes to mass on Sunday just to check off, you know, so he doesn't feel guilty during the week, just checks off, right? Okay, I went to Mass, right? Well, that's not necessarily being a follower of Jesus, okay? Uh, So the follower of Jesus is one who loves Jesus, seeks a deeper relationship, um, is obedient, seeks to do good, avoids evil, receives faithfully the sacraments, uh, shares his faith, has a prayer life, prays every day, Okay, that's the and seeks always to do the will of God in the person of Christ. Okay, so that's that's really a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Only twenty percent. And by the way, every year that uh, percentage shrinks. All right, so um, you know this tells me, by the way, that you know our Lord revealed there would come a, a great apostasy. I be- personally, I believe we've entered into that time. So uh, in any case, um, I have a question for you. And remember something, when I preach, and and this is pretty much the message I gave from the pulpit this Sunday, all right? So when I preach to you, I preach to me, because I need to hear the message probably even more than you do. So here's, uh, I got a question. Here's my question, and uh, I ask myself the question, okay? Are you a part of that 20%? Only you know, well, God knows, but, you know, only you know, are you a part of that 20%. Uh, here's another question too. If in the future uh, a persecution comes, will you be strong enough to persevere to the end? Because you know, our Lord said, those who are saved are those who persevere to the end. So if in the future persecution, I'll get it, persecution comes, will you be strong enough to persevere to the end? Think about that. All right. Now, here's the second thing. All right. Uh, In this text, we read this. The king saw a man 
uh, at the feast, not dressed in a wedding garment. And the king said to his attendants, uh, tie his hands and his feet and cast him into the darkness outside. All right. So what is the, uh, the, what is exactly, exactly what is this wedding garment that we hear about? All right. Well, um, I believe it's love. All right. You know, St. Paul tells us that uh, if a man possesses great mystical gifts, all right, if he has the stigmata but does not have love, his gift is worthless. If a man has the ability to levitate like St. Cupertino, but the man does not have love, uh, he is nothing. All right. So we have to possess love. Now, look, it's true. Jesus Christ. Now, you and I. All right. Are are. You and I are, by grace, are grafted onto the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is love. Jesus Christ is truth. Jesus Christ is God. God is love, therefore Jesus Christ is love. You and I are grafted by grace onto the person of Jesus Christ, who is love. And because of this, you and I are given the ability to love and to fulfill the two great commandments, love of God and love of neighbor, correct? All right. Now, love, of course, is it's not somewhat of, you know, maybe uh, people get, you know, think, oh, it's warm, fuzzy feeling. No, you know, um, love, true, real agape love is that love that makes a decision. Okay, so uh, now because we're grafted onto Christ, we are given that ability, but we're not forced to love. We have to decide each individual person decides to love or not to love. And I go back to this, you know, 20% of the one third that are baptized, that tells you that 80% of those who are, are baptized have made that decision to not love God. Because if they love God, they would worship and adore and obey. All right. Um, if you're that person, hmm, maybe go back to confession. What do you think? Okay, so any case, um, so uh, we have to make that decision. And so we, as, as persons who are grafted onto Christ, we decide to love God and we decide to love each other. Okay, that's the wedding garment. We decide to love. And what did our Lord say? Uh, he said, love even your enemies. Love even your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, so there you go. That wedding garment it is, it is the, it's love. Okay. And from love, okay. The gifts of the spirit, you know, kindness, gentleness, graciousness, uh, patience, forgiveness, all of those good things. Generosity. Did I mention that too? Yeah. So, uh, that's what it means. So the proper wedding garment and a person, you know, a person can claim to be Catholic or Christian all day long, but if they do not possess love, if they don't really love God, or if they hate, you know, the, the, the neighbor or is indifferent. That's the other thing, too. You know, by the way, the opposite of, of love is not really hate. It's indifference. Okay, so we have to choose every day to love, to seek the good of the other and to avoid evil. Very important. All right. Uh, by the way, and I watched it last night once again. I'm a Star Trek fan. The original episode don't really care much about the others. But the original episode, since I grew up with it, so there's one episode called The Day of the Dove, and it really is a, uh, uh, I guess, a, um, a metaphor for what is happening, you know, in our country spiritually 
in uh, in our political divide, okay, which is being authored by Satan himself, okay. So you know, there's always there's this dark force behind it all, okay. Um, now listen, if you're a Republican or I'm a Republican. And you you hate me because and you're a Democrat and you hate me because I'm a Republican just because I'm a Republican. I hate you because you're a Democrat. That is so contrary or or you're black and I hate you because I'm white and you're black or vice versa. So contrary this is to the holy word of God. So contrary to God himself. So contrary to Jesus. Jesus is God. God is love. Therefore, contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ and his church. Okay, and when we choose to hate Guess who we serve? We serve only the devil and we feed him. He feeds on hate. He also feeds on indifference, but he feeds on hate. Okay, it's like Popeye. Remember Popeye? He was about to get whooped up on and he would always eat the spinach. And then suddenly, you know, like Superman, right? So um, the devil feeds on our anger and the stronger uh, or the more we hate, the more we choose to hate Uh, The less we love, the stronger Satan gets. And he uses it. He uses our hatred. He uses our indifference. Okay, so we have to choose to love. Okay, by loving, then we put on the proper wedding garment. Now, going back to the Star Trek episode, uh, I did mention the Star Trek episode, right? It's called Day of the Dove. And so this entity enters onto, and first of all, it sparks this false war between the Klingons and the humans. And the more the, the Klingons hate the humans, the more humans hate Klingons, the stronger this entity gets and the more violence the Klingons uh, enforce onto the, the humans and vice versa, the stronger this thing gets. Finally, at the end, Mr. Spock figures out that really it's love. Uh, that will conquer, destroy this entity and good humor and friendship. Okay. And that's what destroys this thing or drives it, you know, off the uh, bridge of the, or the, the starship enterprise. So um, a metaphor, you should check that out, by the way, you can, you know, there's uh, on, if you have Hulu or whatever, you can find these old episodes of Star Trek, or you can watch me TV uh, on Saturday night. All right. Um, But then you have to sit through uh, some uh, really bad episodes of Star Trek. Sorry to say, but in any case, this, this, you know, it's a great, uh, this particular one, really good. And, uh, man, the, the acting is fantastic. Just fantastic. I got to tell you. So, okay. So, uh, there you have it. So look, the wedding garment. Okay. Be a person who, uh, be part of that 20%. Okay. And put on that wedding garment, choosing, be grafted by grace onto Christ and choose every day to love, not to hate, to love. And look, we can disagree. We can disagree. We can debate. We can even argue. We can even get mad at each other, but we cannot hate. Unacceptable. We cannot hate. Again, disagree. Yes. Debate. Yes. Argue even. Okay. It's good for you sometimes. Okay. And even get angry but that anger has to cease, you know, you know, get over your anger quick and make friends again, but never hate. OK, because this is something that only feeds the evil one. And we don't want to do that. All right. He's uh, you know, he's we feed him too much already. OK, so we got to stop it. All right. So that's about it for the uh, gospel. So I'm going to bring the guys in now. Here's Tony and Willie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, boys. Hey. Guess who's, hey. Actually, guess who's actually here for the intro today? 
You. Me. But you know what? what? You were you were late. Yeah, well. So we said eight. So here's the thing. If eight I say is a five, relative term. No, but if same. I say five, then you're 5'10". If I say seven, you're 7'15". <laughs> if I say eight, then it's eight, and then you're 8'20", and then you're... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to schedule something at my house for Father Scott to exactly. be at, and then once a week, and then I'm going to time him, and then Do we're going to tally it all up for four years. Guarantee I will be out. there two minutes early each okay, time. Right. Mm. Guarantee we'll it. I'll schedule something once a week that you have to drive 40 minutes there and back from. We're going to see how it all shakes how out. Much? That's all I'm saying money are we putting on this bet no there's no money remember there isn't <laughs> no cash we're no going cash. cashless no cash prize cash cash is contact free it's now. uh yeah it's it's uh you know there's a corn shortage and covid safe practices that's right that's it all that good stuff yeah. so hey, hey. Uh, i had a dream oh want to hear about it yeah is this your covid dreams that yeah. are happening these oh, yeah. days it's so covid last... hallucinations is yeah it? you were talking about that before so it was last night okay all right so you know how dreams you're in one place and the next second you're in some other place? Uh, sure. So we we you were there. Both of you were there. Oh, weird. It was like this dinner thing. They had a like I'm a spread. I'm already feeling uncomfortable. This is Keep really going. Meta. Yep. yep. So this spread of food. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had the you know the jello squares? Uh-huh. Like yellow and green. And they're <laughs> sure. squares, but these were like shish kebab. Okay. So they were on a stick. Nice. And Tony took them all. <laughs> and then and Tony's like, I'll share mine with you. And I was like, no, thank you. And that was all I remember. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd do. Are you sure that was a dream? Now we need a dream interpreter to get to the the deeper meaning about this whole thing. Yeah, when I woke up this morning, it's weird. I my stomach felt full from Jello. <laughs> yeah. So strange. But isn't that funny? They were shish kebab. Yeah, that is, that's that's really that's weird. brilliant. Actually, that's really that weird. I, I don't know if you saw like if how you had ever thought of that, but I'll bet you there's someone on Pinterest who has tried. Uh, jello oh. squares on a shish kebab dude you can find anything on youtube man yeah or people who have tried to jello their pool you seen that jello their what their pool put like j- jello like in turn the pool their pool into a vat of jello oh their pool yeah their pool and then their p-o-o-l yeah what do you think i said well pool? yeah that's what i thought pool <laughs> no i thought you said poo oh <laughs> their poo pool <laughs> and i pronounced I my l's on that that's, that goes nowhere good but uh but uh yeah anyway so don't turn so what do they what do they do do they jump into the pool of jello yeah but then you can't get out though i mean yeah, it's, that's it's a like scary. it's like you could like you, smother like actually you could yeah die it's not like water where you can kick your way out to the top it's right pretty awful so oh my gosh that's terrible you yep. could eat your way out Eho. i guess so no. to a point yeah that you and would then, get sick and you would be jello yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. So you had a dream about us eating Jello off of shish kebab sticks. Yeah, that sounds delightful. But Tony, you took them all. Well, I, and I had nothing. What and can then, I say? And then you're like, "Oh, I'll give you some of mine." I'm like, "No, thank you." <laughs> so why? Why did you say no? Thank you in your dream? You... Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up. COVID so. safe. Yeah. Yeah. COVID safe. Just being COVID safe. As Tony coughed in the microphone two seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> coughed into each of your microphone before we started. You didn't see me. Okay. Hey, hey by the way, did you, uh, oh, oh, I got one more item, okay, mm-hmm. of, of yeah, amusement. Sure. So you remember in 2016 when Trump was running for the first time around and Cher said that she, if uh, Trump would win, she was going to leave the country. As did a number of celebrities. Yeah. Right, right. So Jane Fonda was one and some others. So um, Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Said that if Trump gets reelected, she's going to leave the planet. Wow. 
Wow. That's not sure she how have she's... a? Does she have a ticket with Elon Musk? Yeah. Where is she going to go though? Or maybe that other guy that has a uh, spaceport in uh, New Mexico. Oh, um, yeah, Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. do they have some colony on Mars or the moon? Not or yet. Something. Nope. nope. Not yet. There's yeah, not the space station. Yeah, that that would last like I think what eight months before your bones lose density and you basically dissolve into the air. You know. Yeah, that ain't happening. Sounds, yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. So it's that's how, it's what we call hyperbole. Or hyperbole. Can we just call Depends. it a metaphor, please? <laughs> or you could call it a metaphor. <laughs> Do what you want. Hey, speaking of um, dreams, I uh, saw this video that was like a nightmare, um, especially for those of you who are afraid of wild animals. It was uh, a little video I saw on the internet, six minutes long of the most riveting encounter between man and beast in the mountains, I think, of Utah or Colorado or somewhere like that. Oh, do tell. And uh, this guy had his phone with him, like we all do, and he went out for exercise, some kind of jogging or running or something like that. First of all, bad idea in my opinion. I would never go running in the even in the Sandias by myself. Mm-hmm. No, no, yep. no. I would. I will exercise out in the streets, maybe the ditch bank, but not, um, not up in the mountains. Well, anyway, so this guy did, and he came across. He said he occasionally comes across very harmless um, wildlife. Well, this time he came across a couple of cougar cubs. And before you know it, he's filming the cougar cubs. Um, and before you know Dude. it, the mother just comes out of the background in the video. And all of a sudden you see her, but you see he, he immediately starts backing up just in desperation. And for the next six minutes, it's the most riveting video of, of him doing what you ought to do when you encounter wildlife like that. You just back up slowly. You make yourself big. You make noise. You try and throw something at the creature to discourage it. But this went on for six straight minutes. And um, eventually, spoiler alert, he survived and nothing bad came of it. But my goodness, the cat looked like it was one, like several times the cat tried to intimidate him with like, these wild lunges toward him enough to uh enough to make you wet your pants man that was scary just watching it yeah i mean they say by the time you see one of those mountain lions you're already toast is usually what they what the common consensus is you know that reminds me i think we talked about a couple weeks ago that video that i think colorado game and fish shared where it's a trail cam and it's of an elk. Mm-hmm. So it's this big, beautiful oh. elk in front of the trail cam. That was in Gila. That was here in New oh, Mexico. Oh, Gila. Yeah. Okay. And so they, the Forest Service said, "Can you spot? It's a beautiful elk, but can you spot the mountain lion?" Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it, it took me like ten solid minutes to look wow. at this picture, and it looks like this just little kind of smooth rock, like behind the elk. You have no idea, and it was a uh, mountain lion stalking the elk. <sighs> And so by the time you see those things, generally speaking, you're already pretty much toast. It's fascinating. You know, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. Well, even the, um, even the, uh, even the wildlife is getting a little bit wild this year. Yeah. 2020 continues with full of surprises. Yeah. 90 degree heat in New Mexico. Yeah, and uh, you know, the uh, javelinas are multiplying now in something like, used to be in only 17 states. That's wild pigs. Yeah. So now they're, they're like in 30 some states. Yep. You know, so they're multiplying. And you know, they'll attack humans. Yeah. Well, they've got those those tusks, right? We got to get our good friend Taryn Lammer on that to go hunt those javelinas. Seriously. Some javelina stew. Yeah, Taryn, if you're listening. Well, javelinas or what are javelinas? They're just uh, wild pigs, like the boars. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just what we call them here. Yeah. Yeah, but super aggressive little dudes, man. Those guys, those, those, I mean, there's all kinds of stories about people getting critically injured by those tusks. Like, you know. Well, I told you, and I reached out to Taryn, and I haven't heard back from him. Taryn, 
Still waiting for a return text, bro. <laughs> I blessed his house the um, other day. Yeah, you did. You yeah, which to, we noticed yeah. we weren't invited to, but that's cool, yeah, Terry. Whatever, man. Bring I thought us we along, were closer man. than that. Yeah, that, that's awesome. We, hey, oh so, man, we had the most amazing meal—steak, oh, lobster. I bet you did. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Alaskan can, king crab legs. Yeah, I don't. Sounds no. like the kind of meal that Terry great, serves man. a friend. So amazing. I, I doubt wow. it. I bet you he served uh, elk burgers, and you opted for corn on the cob. <laughs> Because you're so opposed to elk is hunted delicious, meat. By the way, you elk? don't like. No, hate it. I know he's not a fan of elk. I think elk is delicious. Are you, are yeah. you all right? You just yeah, popped I yourself. Just, I just yeah. slammed myself in the face with the mic. Well, no, there I was going to say that my favorite food truck here in Albuquerque, called Nom Nom on Wheels, uh, wants to do something of a uh, luau slash matanza slash just make food with pork as it as the um, the main ingredient. Yeah. And they want to do they want to and one of the um food truck on, owners is a videographer so he wants to like they want to start with like a legit um hunt for what are those animals? The javelinas. Javelinas. Wild pig. Yeah. He, they want to start with a video capture of the javelina hunt out in the forest or mountains of New Mexico wherever you find these things. And then um and then you know they kill it, they bring it to the place and they cook it and they put it in the ground and yeah. you know the whole nine yards they want to they want to do a whole deal i think it sounds fun oh yeah absolutely not, but you have to find somebody who's willing to go out there and hunt uh for it well and, there, and there's a trick to making it too i mean that's what taryn said because sometimes in it you know i mean i'm not a hunter so i don't know how all this stuff breaks down but you know depending on the size of their tusks and how long they've been out and all this stuff will will determine how gamey they are but apparently you can get them tasting pretty good huh. You but I, I love pork and especially, you know, the best part of the pork is number one, the belly. Yeah. But number two, the uh, knuckles, that meat the that's knuckles? The, in, in the, the hoofs, uh-huh. that, that meat that's under the hoof. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Really? really, So good. And normally I wouldn't like, what? I wouldn't touch that. But somebody gave it to me and didn't tell me what I was eating, but I was like, give me more. Give me more. Yeah, huh. oh, it was pork amazing. knuckle. Pork knuckle. Is that pig's the actual knuckle. term? <laughs> pig's feet, right? Pork oh, knuckle. Yeah, yes, pig's feet would yeah. be. Yeah. Pork knuckle. What people Dang. refer to it. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> well, imagine there was a time, right, when people wouldn't waste any bit of an animal if they killed yeah. it, right? I mean, that was the way they had to survive mm-hmm. the winter. Speaking mm-hmm. of winter, I just heard that um, Santa Fe Ski Resort sold out yeah. of their season passes in like hours. I think they, two hours. They released it today, and was it today they it released was two hours? And two hours they they sold out of all their season passes. People are hankering to get out and get up in the mountains and go yeah. skiing. Now watch a riot break out because they <laughs> sold out. They're going to burn the ski resort. Yeah, to right now. Yeah, exactly. It's insanity. Yeah. Do you know today was the first kind of maybe fallish day? Or, yeah, nah, not yeah, spring. I mean, kind of. It was still seventy-seven though. I but mean, you know, for Sunday was yeah. bla- I was sta- it was blazing oh, hot, it's cooking. Yeah, it's like ninety degrees. But you know what's a trip though? Is uh, this is the first year in decades that we've had perfect nine days for balloon fiesta? Yeah. Now watch when they bring it back next year. I know. Rain, well, sleet, perfect tornado. Nine days, and and it's funny, you know. I say this half half jokingly, but half maybe more than half seriously it's it's hard with all this stuff going on to not feel just a little little dead inside with all this stuff going on you know it's like nine beautiful days of fiesta it's warm in the fall like trick-or-treat weather so far is looking like it's going to be great for the kids not you know some years it will have on the verge of snow on the ground right right perfect weather the first the first which is normally a solemnity november 1st to Uh of all saints on a sunday this year halloween's on a saturday Mm -hmm. like so it's, I mean, it's I don't true. know. I'm, a, I'm just dead. Yeah, inside, no, I mean, you know, you know um, thanks, COVID. Yep. 
Hashtag kind of thanks, mm-hmm. Yeah. What are yeah, your just kind of screwing up the plans, screwing up all the plans. Well, so I wonder. Just, I just wonder if we're going to have Christmas. Maybe Christmas will get canceled. Isn't that a movie but, with uh, but, Tim Allen? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I ordered all the poinsettias, so we're Good. gonna we're gonna decorate regardless. Well, oh, they look great on the live stream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll have to. One, uh, and then you usually sell. Do you sell them or give them away at the end of Christmas? Yeah, we just give them away, and then so you'll have to spray them down <laughs> with antibacterial. Spins them for a profit. <laughs> oh yeah, right, antibacterial. Yep. Yeah, they have to have their own bubble, quarantine them for two weeks before mm-hmm. you give them out. Yeah, put a big yeah. gold like clear plastic bag over the top of them. I mean, I mean, but you do think about it, right? I mean, it's been uh, since early March that we've had a Sunday obligation here. Isn't that wild to really think about? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't even think during the pandemic of nineteen eighteen that it was anything that extreme here. Well no, here no, but locally. there was yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. there were it was two years. That thing lasted two years. Oh, is it two years for nineteen eighteen? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. I yeah. don't know. You know, the numbers keep going up and then but the, the death isn't kind of it's kind of sticking. It's not like off the charts. Oh, you mean the numbers for the patients of COVID yeah. right. cases? Yeah, yeah. I, right, right. I thought you were t- referring to your congregation. No, <laughs> no, that's. I was going to say that would be a very positive yeah, sign no, if the congregation no, no, but was. The, the, no, but it's getting it's getting better e- yeah. each week. It's a little better, but no, I'm talking about the number of cases is going up, but the number of people dying is actually holding steady, or in some places actually it's kind of decreasing. Mm. Right. What I think yeah. is what I'm reading. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, it will definitely be interesting, you know, how this whole thing shapes up and when the vaccine gets rolled out. I'm just looking forward, honestly, even inside the church, just for things to get back to normal. And it's funny, right? Just kind of how our, um, and not to delve too deep into this, but like our pandemic response has changed, even on a global scale, right? I mean, you think about it, Pope Francis early on, I remember um, watching the live streams of, of Mass at the Vatican for uh, Holy Week, and he's leading the liturgy. And I, I remember being really freaked out with, you know, they had some of his attendants who tested positive and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But even now, you see him at a Wednesday general audience, and he's he doesn't wear a mask, P.S. true. Yeah, so he, he pulls up in, in his little Fiat, gets out, and they have people in this little kind of uh, smaller square. So it's not St. Peter's square. Uh, it's um, San Carlo or something. I think hmm. the, uh, the new square on the inside of the Vatican. Hmm. And uh, so everybody there is wearing masks, but, but he'll, I mean, he's shaking hands, he's kissing babies and hugging people and stuff like that. And, you know, so it, it is just interesting. Um, you know, again, I'm curious to see with Christmas and that'll be the next big high holy day that. Yeah. And get. you know, by the way, you know, so, uh, yo, we have to follow the science. You know, is one guy running for president like, oh, I follow science. Okay, well, you know what? The CDC way back when said don't wear mask. And now they're chastising us for not wearing masks because they're the ones who first said don't wear mask. Then they said wear mask. And then if we're not wearing masks, then now they get we get chastised. Okay. And then now they were saying now they're saying CDC just came out today saying lockdowns. Bad idea. Bad idea. Hmm. Okay. so yeah, I saw that, too. Interesting. Because of all the other problems, you know, there's depression there's you know isolation there's people not going to get their regular checkups for other things and it's just a mess and then people losing their jobs and losing their businesses and yeah I, I, i think this is what both in the church and in the country i think right now what's happening is a crisis in authority a crisis well, of authority would, well exactly people and, are and losing their faith that's right. in authoritative voices that they've always listened to and maybe that's a good thing maybe I, stirring up that water is not such a bad thing i don't know i think it's deeper than that though look at all these protesters okay it's a it's a it's always against authority 
isn't it? Against the police. That's authority. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that who's the highest authority? God. Mm -hmm. I think it's the devil's rebellion against God. Another rebellion of the devil against God. That's what I think. That's my personal belief. Well, but isn't it also on the other hand, um, while there is, um, Will is actively, by the way, for those who can't see through the microphone, Will is actively stalking a tiny little spider. That he's going to trap under a cup and then he's going to release it into the wild. After Are you the going show. to? You're not going to kill that. No, no, I'll release it. He's going to. He's going to give Father, us some food. Uh, Do you have Scott any food? Has a, uh, Father Scott has a pro spider policy. I got no, but I got to watch. Uh, I got a tool. You've used that before and it destroyed the spider. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Father has a spider catching tool. So, uh, so yeah. So as as long as I've ever been involved here, Father Scott has never killed a bug inside the church, and so it's led to this very interesting result. These uh, little critters. Here, let me take. Yeah, let me take a picture of you doing this. All right, hey, make Tony lift up the cup. Hey, Tony. Oh no. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Nope, nope. Oh, there you got it. It's inside the the fronds of the, uh, of the spider it, catcher. Watch it be dead when he comes back. It'll in. probably be dead when he drops it off into the grass. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go outside and freeze immediately. Yeah. Are you even talking? Yeah, we're talking. We're just observing. So, did you did you actually? Uh, did it successfully leave? Yeah, no. No, that's not true. Oh, you killed it? He didn't. It didn't die. I remember. Uh, so, so I yeah. Hope. So when he first got that thing, he tried to snatch a spider with it. But I don't remember if he didn't push the trigger <laughs> right and just those like spiky things on top and just just squashes. <laughs> very it. brutally uh, tore the spider limb from limb oh, while we all watched did? on. You did. With I that did. Thing. I would never. Sadness of sadness. The the in- spiders around here die of old age. The humanity. Yep. So back to our uh, topic. What were we talking? Before we got interrupted by the spider. <laughs> so what was the topic? We were talking about authority. So oh, you yeah. were saying that a number of people are rebelling against authority, like in some of these protests, and that could be motivated by the evil one who also, you know, has as his, you know, foundation a rebellion. That's these how, people, ultimately, they hate God. I'm telling you. I, I think that's true. But then on the other hand, you have a, um, authority being abused. Right. Which also, how do you say um, it, it tears away at, at an appreciation or respect for authority in the culture when authority is both rebelled against and when it's abused. Right. And I think of or when it's abusive, you mean? Yeah. When authority is abusive. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Or your position is abused when you abuse your position of authority, which has happened. Right. We've, we've talked about those things that have happened. Um, in the church and in in the world, I mean, right. And I think all of it just tears away at that, um, at at that infrastructure. Well, certainly in the church, I'll agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you're right. Maybe that's all part of the strategy of the evil one to, to attack the authority of God ultimately, right. To, Mm. to knock him out of the center of the universe, or at least the center of man's hearts. He could, you could never move God. Right. I mean, you can't move God from his place, but the perception of God as authority, right, in people's lives is what's being attacked. So people don't recognize the authority structure, mm-hmm. you know, more and more. I don't, like I said, I think maybe some of that God will use in a silver lining sort of way. Some of it will just lead to chaos, and chaos is not of God. Yeah. Well, yeah, to, to, to you know, burning down buildings and, you know, flipping police cars over that's that's not you know what is that that doesn't win the day that's for yeah. sure 
But I think ultimately, you know, that the Lord is is using all of this to purify us. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I mean, we're we're being sidelined. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more to come. I think you know. I, I think. absolutely think so. Well, yeah, and then I mean, we've always had an ethic, right? In the same breath of um, what is righteous anger and what is like a bloodlust type of anger, right? I mean, when Jesus was outraged about the, uh, um, you know, the people selling inside of the temple, he didn't burn the temple down, right? It's like cutting your nose off to spite your face, right? And the same kind of kind of idea is that, um, yeah, there, there's certainly a just way to go about things. Yeah, nothing good way, comes from right? anarchy, right? Right, and that's what we're seeing is anarchy, mm-hmm. just complete lawless chaos. I mean, there has to be you know, like obviously, humans have always. Um, reverted back to order and civilization and authority structures and so forth. Right. You know, I think cyclically all throughout human history, there have been rises and falls and rises and falls. And you can even see it in the book of judges, Mm. I think. And um, it's where, you know, you see the, the, the Hebrew people have a leader and they love him and they, the leader lasts for 40 years and it's 40 glorious years. And then, he dies and he's replaced by another leader, but that leader is terrible. And so for the next 40 years, they suffer. And then <clears throat> they either run that leader off or he dies. And then another leader comes along and then times are good again for 40, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the cycle you see in that, uh, in that book. And, and I see it play out like almost like a, a moral, moralistic story you know, even in modern times yeah. that we kind of go through these, these times. And I think it's important, you know, somebody on the internet, a Catholic commentator uh, was recently saying that, you know, even in the church, we tend to, as humans, um, we tend to evolve into a, a worship or an idolization of institutions. And so we end up misplacing priorities in our life. And I think that's what's happened also in the country. So in the same way, like the, you know, the country and the church naturally reflect each other because the same people who, you know, are, are members of, you know, this great country are also members of the church, you know? So, um, you know, like one example, well, there's lots of examples, but point being that, um, the institutions of government, politics, um, entertainment, sports, and even inside the church, various institutions, schools, our hospitals, our parishes, even like a lot of times we can end up misplacing that institution for the one who ultimately deserves to be idolized, mm-hmm. to be worshiped. And that's God and God alone. Great point. Great you know, point. we get well, caught up, we, see we get caught politics. up thinking that like, Oh, my Catholicism is St. Uh, John Vianney. Right. No, it's not. It's absolutely is not. St. John Vianney is the vehicle. In fact, even Catholicism is the vehicle. Your Catholic faith isn't even the idol. Right. No, yeah, it has to be. It's all about Jesus. The Catholic faith is the vehicle to your relationship with God. That's exactly right. But we also see this in, you know, uh, you know, politics and, 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 you know, the state and, and how people put their trust in the state, you know, and, and, you know, people for many people, even people who are Catholics, right. their, 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 their political party comes first. Absolutely. My, yeah. you know, my Republican party is, you know, my, I'll die on this hill. Like this is yeah. my end all be all. Yeah. Well, we're only supposed to die for Christ. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to die for something, it ought to be for Christ. Now, granted, you can die for truth. You can die for principles that are connected to the truth of Jesus. I'm not saying, but what I am saying is if you're just dying for your you know, party, Republican, Democrat, libertarian, whatever, you know what I mean? Like 
that, that's a wrong order of things, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because order, value, and truth only make sense if it's tied to the giver of the truth, right? Yeah, absolutely. Order in a society, the political order, the institutional order, the governmental order, none of that makes sense outside of the context of a creator and a divine law, right? Yeah. We keep going back to this because it's important. This is the sort of stuff that the founding fathers literally built into our our society is yeah, this foundational idea of a creator and inherent human rights, right? And I, I mean, you know, all politics aside, none of this stuff makes sense. This is why, you know, and it's honestly, it's shocking to me that we're, you know, uh, what, 50, no longer than that, uh, 70 years into this uh, kind of idea of socialism and communism, right? That we're 70 years down this path of an atheistic well, and well, atheistic more than, found... More than, more than that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just thinking of, of um, yeah, I guess Stalin was... Um, was 80 years ago, right? Well, it even goes back to, yeah, the, you know, even... Lenin before that, yeah. Marx in the 1800s. Yeah. Anyway, so so it, it's just amazing, right? And, and and we're always shocked, but, you know, what is it about about these sorts of atheistic institutions that fails, right? None of it makes sense without it pointing to some greater truth. None of it mm. makes sense. If it's pure humanism, it will dissolve yeah. and be violent when it dissolves, yeah. right? yeah. Yeah. Well, because like of, it will, because you cannot help but fall into relativism. Yeah. And when there's relativism, then there's what follows, but barbarism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, yeah. you cannot avoid it. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know. The the what is Benedict? What did Benedict the Sixteenth say? The truth is not determined by, by majority, majority vote. vote. Yeah. Yep. And that's where we're at. I mean, yeah. you know, I even saw some commentary on the current nominee for the Supreme court, Amy Coney Barrett. And the person was saying that the person was making the claim, a very relativistic claim that her truth, Amy's truth would, was not the truth of the rest of the country. And, you know, basically just setting up the whole opinion on the basis of a relativistic idea, which is there can be more than one truth. And, and the truth is, <laughs> is there's only one truth. Well, okay, but but the the same person, one perhaps, body of truth, perhaps the same person, maybe somebody else, was you know uh, making the point that she being a Catholic, Amy uh, Barrett being Catholic, she would allow her Catholic faith to sway her decisions. Okay, well, my question is, wait a second, you know, and and how uh, the, she made the point that you know Amy and all the the. Uh, Supreme Court justices need to focus on the laws of the land. Well, the laws of the land, the laws of the United States were built on God's law. God's law is the foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And our laws were built on top of that. Yep. Well, isn't that the Aquinas, the St. Thomas Aquinas That's point exactly as right. well? Yeah. Is that all these laws, all these philosophies, I mean, that, that they're nothing if they don't point to the creator, that everything ends up drawing itself and finding its truth in God, everything, right? Even, mm. and this was the thing that was made at St. Thomas Aquinas so controversial back in the 13th century is because he was saying even ancient Greek philosophy is pointing to God, right? And this mm. sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? True justice. And, and I think that entirely too is, um, you know, was was Justice Barrett's point kind of in her rebuttal to that was, was what I'm going to do is I'm going to read and interpret the law um, as I know how to read and interpret the law, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, anyway. I love her. Yeah. I think she's great. Yeah. I'm praying that she gets, uh, you know, and I think she will. Mm-hmm. She'll get confirmed. 
Uh, but you know what? If, if look, it's, it's the law of God that, that unites us, okay? So if, if you and I will, okay, all three of us, we're believers, okay? Mm-hmm. So look, what, we, don't have to, we don't even argue. Look, it's, okay, uh, we have the commandments, okay? So you and I are, all three of us are in agreement. But if we do away with God's law, now I, I'm, I make my own law. William makes your, you make your law. Mm-hmm. And, to, and guess what? Our laws get in the way of your law will get to my way of me mm-hmm. doing what I want and me becoming what I want. Mm-hmm. So, same thing. Your, your law, Tony, gets in my way. So now we've got a little problem, right? We got a little war going on, the three yep. of us. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. All right. So, uh, hey, should we, uh, let's take a break from the seriousness. Okay. For a second. We'll, we'll get back to serious. Okay. Yeah, but let's yeah. do a game yeah. show. Let's do a game show. Let's do it. Okay, you know, with the pandemic, America's we have fastest time. Game, growing game show. Yeah, so uh, America's fastest growing game show, the Wheel of Torture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, no, with the pandemic, you know, we all yeah. have time, more time to read. Unless you're Will, you have more time to smoke and drink beer. But oh, stop uh, it. some of us have, Lies. you know, more Wrong. time to read now. So this is a book trivia. So I'm gonna, it's a fill in the blank. So I'm gonna give you a title. I'm gonna leave out a word. You fill in the blank. Okay. This okay. is all very famous. Notice work. how he's only looking at you when he's doing this. Yeah. He's setting me up. That's what's happening. <laughs> no, I'm not. So everybody knows you're setting me up. Well, we'll he's see about that. I, the, the, I'll, uh, I'll quiz you on a couple of books. Okay, go ahead. The okay, difficult no, are, part of this is that I actually never learned how to read. But so. these are all, yeah, I know. So these are, that's why I gave you the quiz because, you know. Uh, no, these are, uh, these are all classics. Okay. Well, we'll okay. take your word for it. You should know every single one of these. We'll see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, the great blank. Um, Gatsby. By us, right? There you go. I was thinking of The Great Escape by C.S. Lewis. Well, no, that's not what I... But that's good. I, we'll take that. Number two, Blank... Great Escape with the Bus. That's a great divorce. Mm-hmm. Oh, Great Divorce. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. that's a, that yeah. one worked too. Okay, so... Uh, the Great Gatsby <laughs> like got a divorce. This and, is my truth. <laughs> so number two, Blank and Peace. War and Peace. By Tolstoy. There you go. Very good. See? How easy? You got one. I must said love and peace for some reason. Yeah. Okay, because... this one's so easy. The blank in the rye. Catcher. Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Salinger wrote that. That's the one. Okay, number four, Madam Blank. By Madam, Gustav Madam Butterfly. Madam, Madam Blank. Did you get your guess? Man, let me think. Starts with a B, but it's not Butterfly. Madam Boucher. Oh, no, but it's close. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Madam, I don't know what else is close to Boucher. Blouse. <laughs> Bovary. Madam Bovary. Madam Bovary. Number five, Blank. Yes, Madam Bovary. <laughs> blank and Prejudiced by Jane Austen. Pride. Yeah. Very good, okay. Number six, Blank Heights by Emily Bronte, I guess. Blank Heights. Oh my goodness! Made a movie out of it, Beverly yeah. Papa. No, I'm totally Beverly blanking Heights. right now. <laughs> Donington Heights, the, no, the cheaper, uh, the cheaper neighborhood the, from Beverly Hills, right? <laughs> Wuthering Heights, Wuthering, yeah. Wuthering, Wuthering, the Wuthering Heights. Okay, this one's hard. Number seven, Catch Blank, by Joseph Heller. Catch Blank. Fire. Catch no. Catch Ooh, that's a good one. Catching fire. Me. Catch, catch spiders. Catch me. Catch, catch me if you can. Catch. Catch rye. 22. Catch a virus. 22. Oh, catch 22. Catch 22. Yeah, oh. of course. Number eight, To Kill a Blank. Mockingbird. Very good. There okay. You go. Number nine, The Sun Also Sets. Nope. <laughs> Think opposite. Sun Also Rises. Rises. Risen. By Hemingway. Hemingway. The sun, huh. What? The Sun Also Risen? Mm-hmm. 
Hemingway. Hemingway, famous. Famous. I've heard of that guy before. Um, By the way, uh, his work, uh, The uh, Old Man in the Sea. Uh Uh-huh. Number 10, The Blank of Wrath. The Blank of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Yeah. Delicious and tasty grapes. There you go. Absolutely. And that's our quiz. Okay, I've got one for you. Sure. Blank Pond. Oh, on Golden. (laughs) Yeah, on Golden Pond. (laughs) It's on Golden Pond. I'm going to relish this for a second. You know what it is. Tell him, Tony. Blank Pond? Yeah. It's our good friends. Our wonderful, fantastic family. The Waldens. Oh. Walden Pond on Walden Pond. Walden Pond. Oh, didn't they make a show out of that called The Walden? What? With John Boy? I don't think so. I think maybe. I don't know if that's like part of the same. Or is that The Waltons? (laughs) The Waltons. (laughs) Walden Pond. Walden Pond, yeah. Think what made you think that, of that? Because uh, you were saying Hemingway, although that's not Hemingway. No, so, I don't know. I haven't read it. No. Anyway, I have a, it's pretty cool. I have, a, I have a book trivia question for you. Do you? Get ready. Bat blank. Bat. Henry hmm. David Thoreau, by the way. Bolden Pond. Bat. I can't say it. Bat blank. Bat. bat Batman. It's a book. Yeah. There you go. Oh, it's a book? Yeah. Well, oh, I mean. It's a comic book. It's a movie. Yeah, it's a book. <laughs> Comic it's got book drawings and well, a comic book color is that not a book. At least say like spider characters for this podcast episode. <laughs> Do we have a cigar review? Gosh, good question. I yes. have no. Cigar yes, review. I have a cigar review. Okay. Yeah, a while back we were talking about the um, the pipe tobacco that I had gifted to Will called um, Moon Trance by Cao, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really appreciating it so much. Will has since smoked it in his pipe and is enjoying it. Yeah. And I said at the time on the podcast, I think this might be interesting as a cig- cigar, like a cigarillo. And sure enough, they make it the CAO Moon Trance Cigarillo. And I do think it tastes a lot better in that form. Personally, you got that exotic fruit. You've got the splash of Hawaiian rum. You've got the, um, the, um, like a, almost like a vanilla or bourbon vanilla type uh, flavor mixed in there. It was delicious. And it was a great short little smoke. Um, you know? Yeah, it was nice. Very intensely sweet. Though yeah, a bit on the a bit on the sweet side. Not as sweet as... Um, Nothing like acid or like these uh, Swisher Sweets yeah. or even... Right. Not even, I don't think, like the Java cigars that I've smoked. I think, I think it came close to Java personally because I, I noticed that, um, you know... Once you pulled the um, the cigar away from your mouth, you tasted. I mean, you know, it tastes like candied. Um, I said lipstick. <laughs> what is it? Chapstick. Huh. How would you know? Huh. It's like candied chapstick. And um, yeah, I mean it. It was tasty. The tobacco was high quality, as anything CAO produces. Yeah. But I'm I am just so not a fan of like the heavy saccharine. I think if it was any bigger than the cigarillo, I think I would have um, probably chucked it at that point yeah but in the cigarillo size the the, the sweetness was like a, it was kind of like a um what is it after dinner like aperitif kind of thing you know uh-huh like the little little blast of sweetness there so yeah right yeah, yeah. i think yeah in that setting either uh, before dinner after dinner yeah certainly a good good smoke and i smoked another cigar recently but i'm forgetting you had the avo the avo 2020 thank mm-hmm. you Thanks for remembering that. Yeah, I remember the, yours and don't remember mine. The Avo 2020 um, is a delicious smoke. It um, had, I think, something of a lighter, maybe even a Connecticut wrapper on it. Mm. Really nice, mild, really quality. Um, good flavor from what I remember. <laughs> 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 I 
Save your right. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, no, it's funny because I, so I had, um, I had two new, newer cigars to me. I had the, um, Oliva V series Melania, which we've reviewed before, but not in the traditional, it's a Robusto size. We've got it before, Uh right? So it was a Churchill size. It was different in a torpedo, um, which I had never had before, um, personally, as always with any Oliva cigar burned fantastic, absolutely delicious. And then I can't remember the um, the second one I had, um, which is really unfortunate because it was I think it was an Alec Bradley actually. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, it burned fantastic, and I was bad about saving the wrapper, but I need to do that. I saved the wrappers. I'm looking at your shoes, Will. Hey, you, don't look at my shoes. To, you need some new shoes. Look at the big hole. Hey, uh, why don't you pull he's... out the, uh, the the log in your eye before you uh, judge the That's splinter right. in your neighbor's? You don't so. see a hole in my shoe. Dude, you're not even wearing shoes. You have socks with your big toe sticking out. Don't you see that, Tony? Oh, look at that. What? I got my shoes Like, he's on. got one sock on and his heel sticking out the back of the other one and his big oh toe goodness. out the front of that that's one. A, that's just, it's scandalous. Poor pastor, I don't even... No, it's you scandalous. listening to this podcast, this is fake news. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm wearing two Skechers. These are Skechers, by the way. You are actually delusional. <laughs> hey, uh, did you, uh, now speaking of uh, shoes, yeah. you know, basketball players wear sneakers and did you see the, uh, you know, the NBA finals? They had only, well, 30% of the usual audience... 30%. 70% of their fans did not watch. Was that a segue? Speaking yeah. of shoes, basketball players wear shoes. <laughs> well, I was shocked to hear that there was even an NBA <laughs> NBA champion. Yeah, who is it? The Lakers? The Lakers, yeah. They they won like the championship. I didn't even know that the, the basketball was playing their tournament. Mm-hmm. I've been paying attention to football, some of the professional football, but mostly yeah. the college football, which I'm very excited about because yeah. I just like that level of sport and I enjoy watching and the games. They have fans there too, which is kind of wild. A lot of the schools are actually filling up the stadium. Some of them are doing the social distancing, some of them not so much. Um, it depends on where you're at in the country. Usually Texas doesn't pay much attention to social distancing. <laughs> Shocker. Um, so but there's a lot of there's a lot of fun games already being played, like classic college college ball where yeah. like un- underdogs beating, you know, well ranked teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only been watching <laughs> UFC, so I, I don't know. Yeah, that's watching. also been quite exciting because oh, Dana White's so really been turned on the. I don't, have they always gone weekly for the? I don't the, think so. I think it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they usually have been like bi-weekly. like a monthly or something. Yeah, right? yeah. And so like now every every Monday morning, like today, um, there are UFC updates, and apparently there was a really uh, a really phenomenal knockout last night on the fights. Um, dude, from what I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, Will. The dude uh, went to get to kick the other guy, and remember that UFC stands for Ultimate Fighting. Right? So it's it's like it's like there are some uh, holds that are barred, so it's not no holds barred, but it's it's a lot of right. It's a lot of um, different things they they can do besides boxing, and they can do kicking and all that. Well, anyway, the guy goes to kick the other guy, and that other guy grabs his leg. Yep. Well, in the meantime, the guy with his leg being held. Spins around and knocks the guy yeah. out with his other foot. It was it's phenomenal, insane. Because normally you have to plant your foot to spin around on it, but just due to the other guy holding his ankle, he was able to use that to push off of it and do like the spinning, the spinning flying kick, which I've never seen before in my entire life. And uh, I mean, it's they're crazy. talking about it being the ab the knockout of the entire year, and at least yeah. a year, I would say maybe longer. I've never oh, seen anything it's that phenomenal. So that athletic. yeah, I, I've been I've been obsessing over that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 been my life lately. Yeah, I've been you know I'm, I'm kind of not watching football because of the 
you know, the kneeling. But I'll, I'll I tune in. Mm-hmm. I tune in and get a score. Did, well, your Patriots are playing tonight, P.S. I don't know what the score no, is. No, I thought they got uh, – are they playing? I thought that yeah, was the postponed. Bron- Bron- well, it might have been. I, I saw Broncos-Patriots pop up on my news feed. Oh. Um, I don't know if they but were then, actually playing no, the game. No, but then, then there's now there's another Patriot player with the COVID. Oh, okay, so I don't know okay. what's going on. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a great – Prescott is out. We got uh, broke his leg. And... Yeah, broke his ankle, sadly. He's out for this year. Mm, yeah. Um, so hopefully he'll he'll get better. Um, but I did watch your um, your former quarterback, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, play mm-hmm. with the Buccaneers against mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I rooted for the Chicago Bears because they're closer to where I grew up mm-hmm. in Indiana. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the Bears beat them. Barely. Like, barely. In fact, it came, barely beat them. Came down to the wire. It was a great game. Thursday night football. Yeah. Really great game. In fact, Tom Brady pretended like he didn't know what down it was at the very end of the game. And the referees were like, no, you lost. <laughs> You're done. Get out. And he's like looking at the refs like, I don't get any more chances. <laughs> yeah, no, time has run out, Tom. New York. <coughs> and time is running out on Tom anyway. He's 43 years old. Yeah, so. God bless him. Uh, that's a, that's a tough, tough road That's to hope, old man. man for football. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yep, no kidding. That's awesome. Better than the me. Yeah. Okay, so um, okay, so what? What You got something? I was just going to mention uh, in other news, non-sports related, this is kind of a, I thought it's a really cool thing. I don't know if you guys saw on the, uh, in the news lately talking about blessed Carlo Acutis. Yes. Uh, yes. Over yes. in Good Italy. Stuff. Yeah. No, not, so. not incorrupt though. No. Correct. Yeah. I thought it was incorrupt early on. Um, that was the wide report. Yeah. And they were being very unclear about it to be fair as well. The Italians, the lovely Italians. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so he, he, um, did decompose his natural decomposition process. And so well, let's tell, let's tell or tell us about his history a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So young man. Yep. Blessed Carlo Acutis. He was born on, um, the third of May in 1991 and passed away on October the 12th. So, um, he was, uh, how old? That, uh, that's today he passed away on this so, day. Yeah. He would have uh, been how old? I think well, he was how 14 old was years he? old when he died. Yeah. Okay. 14 years old. Right. Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was before it was, his before his fifteenth birthday. It yes. was my understanding there would be no math. <laughs> so yeah, so passed away October twelfth, two thousand six. Um, so yeah, I mean he was a millennial uh, millennial Catholic in Italy. He was a computer programmer. Uh, he kind of became known because you know it's such an interesting story. His family had him baptized in like many cultural Catholic families, um, didn't really go to church regularly on Sunday, but ever since the time that Carlo received his, uh, first Holy communion, he attended mass every single day on his own, right? So his, his family wasn't going to mass. They'd even miss Sunday mass, but Carlo would make it his mission to never miss a mass any day at all. So he would walk himself. And I, I think he was, um, uh, raised in Milan. So he was born in London. I believe he was raised in Milan. And, born um, where in London? Yes, yeah, so he was born in London. His family's Italian, lived in London, born there, but okay. then they came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so made his mission every day to go to mass. And uh, so his his mom had something had a really beautiful reflection because, um, of course, his mother is still alive, very much alive, and yeah. and kind of young. And so she was she attended his beatification ceremony and all this good stuff. And wow. so. Um, yeah, that uh, um, she she says that. I mean, just how much he sanctified her life. That that he continually called her to greatness and called her to holiness and called her to mass. Even well, you know? how did he, how did he die? How did so he, pass? he died um, uh, from leukemia? Hmm. Yep. So he he caught leukemia, and, and from my understanding it was a, it was a rare form of leukemia. 
um, that kind of spread from his pancreas. Um, and, uh, yeah, it took him pretty quickly, but there's amazing videos on YouTube that you can find. And of course he spoke, um, only Italian is my understanding, but these great videos of him talking about his death, this 14 year old kid. And he's like, and just like jovial, like it's just this joy about not being afraid of death. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's really tremendously inspiring. I think for any young person today, you know, I mean, this kid who, um, sign of sanctity, I think totally. You know? Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean th- this kid who, uh, you know, you can Google pictures of his body, um, in the, in the tomb that they have him displayed at in a CZ and, uh, he's wearing these Nike shoes you know, he's in blue jeans, he's in a t-shirt and an Italian soccer team zip up hoodie, you know, like it, it, it's just, it's truly just remarkable. Um, you know, his, his whole story and that, you know, it's just a really strong reflection, I think for, for the youth, for young people today that, uh, how we're all being called to holiness. So now how did he, amazing. what was it now? Were there miracles that, uh, attributed to him? Yeah. So, um, had to be too, right. He's going to be canonized or is he just beatified at the moment? Yep. Yep. So he is, uh, he is, he just got beatified this weekend. Okay. And so, um, let's see here. So his miracle was, um, I, I just had it up here. Um, yep. So it was a miracle in Brazil. Um, so this was last year that the, uh, candidate, the council for the congregation of the saints, um, declared that this was a miracle. And so, and excuse me, I, I had misspoken earlier. So leukemia is what killed blessed Carlo Acutis. My, my note about the pancreas was in reference to the miracle. So the miracle, um, was this, this young boy, uh, Matthias who had been born with a pancreatic defect that made eating difficult and took him to a prayer service. So his mother had prayed a novena asking for blessed Carlo Acutis's intercession. And, um, during, during the service, you know, her son was extremely sick. And so after the service, apparently this little boy told his mom that I, that I've been healed and he was able to eat food and all these things, which he hadn't been able to do for a while. Um, and so, uh, apparently, yeah, the, the illness in his pancreas was totally, um, totally cured, totally gone. So yeah. Healthy little boy. Yeah. So if I'm having computer issues, I just, uh, no need to call the geek squad. You just turn to Blessed Carlo. Yeah, no kidding. And his, you know, his his computer programming side, he had he had gotten, just, I mean, fourteen years old, is insane, but was so on fire for um for our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament that he built a website dedicated to the Eucharistic miracles of the world, where he wanted a catalog all the Eucharistic miracles of the world. So the traveling exhibit is actually inspired by some of his work, that wow, he had which done, we had here, at which Jumped we did in, have yeah. here. Yeah, so inspired by this fourteen year old. Italian boy who died in 2006 just became a blessed in the church. Pretty amazing. That's so, and, cool. and you know what we need, we need good news, mm-hmm. you know, after all the craziness in the world and the church, we just need good news. And there you go. Right. So just mm-hmm. another sign that the Lord remains with us. Right. So, and continues to do his work because sometimes we forget, you know? Yep. So that's cool, man. All right. Yep. Lots of neat stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, read about him. If you have young people in your life, send them the article. Um, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, you know, uh, tomorrow, well, we're what is today? The 12th? Yes. So tomorrow's mm-hmm. the 13th. The final apparition, you know, anniversary of... Uh, yeah. That was 100... How long ago was it that... Uh, that it's like 101 years or 150. Yeah. Wait. No, 100 and, 101. 
101. Right? Yeah, 101 or 102. The final apparition was what? In 1917, wasn't it? Yeah, 1917. So that would, I guess, 103 years now? Yeah. So, yeah, 103 years, uh, October 13th, the miracle of the sun. Right. So I mentioned earlier, by the way, before you guys got here, the need for all of us to pray the rosary every day, since this is what our mother asked for us. And what kind of good children would we be if we didn't pray the rosary every day, heeding our mother's request? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So well, especially now during the month of October, right, which is a special month dedicated to Our Lady anyway. Mm-hmm. Two months out of the year, we dedicate May, especially May and October. And October. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, cool, man. All awesome. right, so uh, do we have anything else to, to yap about? Uh, I'm Tony just dropped. Is he? Is Tony? Yeah, left no, the I'm building? sleeping over here. Sorry, I just woke up. It's late. <laughs> We're doing this podcast. It's exceptionally late. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, you know, um, I, I think you guys are right. Just to chime in, my my two cents worth that. You know, the the concept of saints in the church is that um, not that these people are um, somehow different than us, but rather just like us. And by God's grace, we're able to do amazing things in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's by grace that they were transformed. So the whole point of having saints really to begin with was to have models, exemplars that, that we could use to inspire us to follow in their footsteps, kind of like kids, little kids do with any hero, right. That they look up to. And, um, and so these are the heroes of the faith, people that we want to be more like um, and of course, it, you know, it started in the early church tradition with martyrs and, and how, you know, the, the early church would go and, and have mass at the tomb of a, of somebody that they knew that died for the faith under some persecution of a Roman emperor, you know, oftentimes, and they would go and have mass there and, and revere their friend that had died for the faith for Jesus, um, in an effort to kind of commit themselves to the same kind of life that if, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, if, you know, it had come to them that they would also perform as valiantly in that uh, moment, that decision moment. Yeah. Right. And uh, by the way, you know, I think it was uh, St. Alphonse, no, it was either Alphonsus Liguri or, oh, I think it was St. Claude Le Columbier who said a saint is a sinner who refuses to quit. Yeah, that's it. All right. So now that's the, what I, for me, not only, so what makes a saint, because they're like, just like us, right? They were people just like us, but they were able to overcome by the grace of God, overcome their sinfulness. Mm -hmm. So what for me, you know, uh, with uh, so many saints, when you study them, guess what? They had all the same struggles that we do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Padre Pio struggled with, guess what? Lustful thoughts on occasion. Same thing with. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi, uh, St. Jerome had a, a, an anger issue, apparently. Okay. Mm-hmm. St. Joan of Arc had like kind of a, a earthy mouth. Okay. So all of these saints that we know, uh, that, uh, we, we not worship. Okay. But we, we certainly honor and, uh, we, we have relationship with, and, uh, you know, they can help us in our struggles against the, the, the temptations of the world and, you know, the, the different vices that we all have to struggle with. On down the line. So anything, you know, if it's greed or if it's lust or if it's this, that or the other thing, you'll find a saint who struggled with it and uh, and can help us. They can aid us and they give us they can pray for us that God gives us the grace that we too, like them, can overcome. And they didn't overcome this stuff overnight. Mm-hmm. They didn't. This, they weren't, you know, because they, they weren't immaculately conceived. And it's not like they were baptized as infants and suddenly they were perfect. They too had to struggle and shep along and 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 overcome these things, yeah. and it took them a lifetime, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. there you go. So we are in we are good company. Yep. Thank God we're Catholics and we can have this relationship with our sa- our saint brothers and sisters in heaven. Amen. You know what I mean? How about I how about I leave us with two quotes from Blessed Carlo Acutis? They're short okay. quotes. So uh, uh, again, two little quotes from him. Mm-hmm. So he says, "The only thing we have to ask God for in prayer is the desire to be holy." I am happy to die because I have lived my life without wasting a minute on those things which do not please God. Hmm. Wow. Blessed Carlo, pray for us. Mm, yeah. Amen. There you go. Thank you. And uh, so, hey, listen, we're going to wrap it up. And uh, don't forget, uh, help us build the church, sjvnm.org. Even with the pandemic, we're going through with our plans. We're not mm-hmm. going to stop. Okay. So sjvnm.org. And uh, we appreciate your uh, generosity and your goodness and your kindness. All right. Uh, William, if they want to send us a letter or whatever, what, what do they write do? to us. Um, our email is holysmokes at sjvnm.org. That it? Cool. Yeah, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, I guess. I mean, I've got to post a little bit there. Yeah. Got to put something on the Instagram page. Do I keep need- saying, and then I forget. We were so excited after I announced the Instagram, and then we always mm-hmm. go outside, it's go hang out with all the guys and smoke, smoke cigars. cigars. We forget about it. And it's already 11 p.m., and then I'll like, okay, do it tomorrow, it. and then I just forget because I work. So, uh, hey, you could see the things I posted up to this point. That's right. On Instagram. Maybe you should post a picture of the spider. Maybe I should. That's not a bad one. Yeah. That'd be an easy one. Yeah, oh, that okay. is an easy one. Say adios, amigos. At Holy Smokes Catholic. Adios. Adios, amigos. Amigos. Adios, amigos. Hasta. Adios. A little flat there, dude. What? Huh? Flat? What? Ah. What, me? You're flat. What? <laughs> Look at the top of your head. It's flat like Frankenstein. Hey, you should go as uh, Frankenstein for Halloween because it really doesn't, you don't have to put much of a costume on. Because your whole head is you know, you should go your head what? You know who Joe Exotic is? No, I have no idea. I'm saying. Who's Joe Exotic? You guys guys bear a striking resemblance. I don't know who Joe is. Oh, mama. What's his name? Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic, I don't know who that is. I have no idea. Just saying. Okay. Uh, Sure, whatever. Bye. Man. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation? but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary Two daily examines. Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox.